0: Now the National Presbyterian Church in Mexico is the second largest Christian body in Mexico behind the Roman Catholic Church. It is larger than if you put all the Presbyterian denominations in the U.S. together, the Presbyterian, National Presbyterian Church of Mexico is bigger than that. So there's more Presbyterians in Mexico than there are in the United States, which we probably were like, what? And Alex is a part of the, the National Church and um i'm not going to go into details but in the 1980s there were some mexican pastors who studied at a seminary not far from here up north who became liberal and they began to want to take the national church of mexico in that direction and they were fairly successful and i remember this this church was alarmed by that Then in the 90s, bless their hearts, the National Church stood up and said, no, we're not going there anymore. And they purged their seminaries and went back to being a very biblically solid evangelical Presbyterian church. And part of that is they cut off their ties with our former denomination about 10 or 12 years ago. What that meant, though, is our ties we were still PCUSA at that time. That means our, tie, our historic ties for 150 years with the National Church of Mexico was suddenly severed. So in 2015, on All Saints Day, this church voted by 91% majority to leave our former denomination and go into ECA. The next year was our 170th anniversary and uh happened in the past at that time and i read an article that said that the national presbyterian church of mexico had a relationship with the evangelical presbyterian church in the us to plant churches but something had happened it didn't give all the details and that relationship was over and i thought huh we're out of the pcsi um, maybe we have a chance to re Connect. I'm on the World Reform Fellowship International Board, and on that board at that time was Danny Ramirez, who is the moderator of the National Presbyterian Church of Mexico. So I emailed him and I said, Danny, here's the history of our church with your denomination. We're now out of the Peace USA. Could we talk about reconnecting and talk about maybe partnering and planting churches? on both sides of the border, Hispanic churches, Mexican churches. He emailed me right back and said, that sounds like a great idea. Let's you and me sit down and talk at our next WRF board meeting. Well, that was in October of 2017 in Wittenberg, Germany. Here we are in Germany, this American and a Mexican guy. (laughs) We're sitting down talking, and he said, Ron, have your session. Write a formal letter to the General Assembly of the National Church Saying we'd like to officially partner with you all and explore all kinds of things, working together like we used to. And the GA of the National Church said, Yes. So there was a meeting here in 2018 where some of their reps came with us. I was in Indonesia at the time, so I wasn't at that meeting. Out of that has developed this Mission South. Task Force, where we are exploring. Uh, we, we've we've connected with three former PCUSA churches in the Valley that are EPC: Genesis Press, Jesus Reigns Press, and San Benito Press. And we support their ministry um, in various ways. We have established this scholarship for seminary students from Mexico, and then recently, just this year we developed a a formal covenant between the National Presbyterian Church of Mexico and First Presbyterian Church to work together. It's very broad, and I was telling a group uh, Friday, I said, my prayer every day for that covenant is that God does things through this covenant far beyond our wildest dreams over the next five years that that are not even on our radar. But all that's to say that uh, you're looking at some of the fruit of are repartnering partnering with the National Presbyterian Church of Mexico, and we're coming into this with a servant spirit, not to run things. We need to learn from them. They are growing like crazy across Mexico, planting churches, people coming to Christ, and we need, to, we need them to, to rekindle our fires so that we're more faithful here. So, um, now next week... We, Paul and I are going to be here, we're going to have Ask the Pastors, and you guys I have index cards here, and I'll just start, Paul, could you pass these out to everybody? And if you would write down one or two, three questions you've always wanted to ask a pastor. If they want to, they can have them. You Don't put your name on it, it's all anonymous, nothing's off the table, um, and if you forget your card next week, we'll have more things here. And so you can uh, fill it out, refill it out, whatever you want to do. So I think it'll probably take us two weeks to get through all your questions. Uh, I've done this before with wherever I've been a pastor, and it's, it's fun, funny, sometimes profound. Um, and so it, I think you'll have a good time the next two weeks. But now we're here to the primary reason we're here today is to Learn from Alex about who he is and what the Lord's calling him to do. So, Alex, I'm going to give you this microphone. I think, am I on here? Am I on now? Okay. Okay. Uh, And we don't have much time because they apparently want you to be down at Contemporary Service. So, welcome. Good to have you here at First Press. And this is Alex Gonzalez. He's working on his MDiv at Puritan Seminary up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, Alex, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about where you're from in Mexico and maybe your life growing up, what that looked like.
1: Okay, well, thank you for receiving me here. I feel so comfortable being here. Uh, I'm from Mexico. I born in Mexico. My father's father and mother are from Mexico. Um, uh, uh, I am the third generation of Presbyterian. Uh, so uh, I grown up in a Presbyterian church. My father is a P- Presbyterian par- pastor. Um, I born in Mexico City, but uh, <coughs> then my family and I were moving through all the the country different cities different states so we lived in a lot of different places so we i i i met a lot of different churches mostly presbyterian churches in mexico Uh, so yes it's true there there are a lot of presbyterian churches in mexico especially in the south part of mexico Uh, I uh, I have a daughter, six years old. I'm married, uh, and what else? Oh,
0: that's good. Well, I tell you, tell us how you came to faith in Christ.
1: Okay, well, as I grew as as I grow as a son of a pastor, I was. Always in the church. Um, I grown up with Christian uh, community around me, with the Bible, with the Christ Center education. So, but well, I, in, in my early years, I have never understood the gospel. So I became like a Pharisee. Very legalistic I thought that I needed I I was in need to fulfill the law to be accepted by God so in my uh, yeah in my early youth uh, I I was in trying to fulfill the law to became accepted to to God Uh, that was Desperate years, because, well, if you try with all your heart to be perfect, to be completely holy, well, that is hard, (laughs) really hard. So, well, I I was in in, in that part of my my life, but then I I understand the doctrine of justification by faith. I understand that Christ covers me with his justice he makes me holy completely holy but not because i not because i have good works but just because of his holiness his righteousness on me so i remember that i used to read psalm 24 in the part when it says who will be in i I don't know the text in english so i will translate the text from spanish to english so the text says something like who will be in the mount of the lord only the one whose heart is pure and whose hands are clean so i I thought about me, and I realized my my heart is not pure. My hands are not clean, so I I, I will never be in the Mount of the Lord. That was hard, very hard for me. But then, when I came to understand the Gospel and what Jesus did for me, and I believe in, in that sacrifice and that redemption. And f- that was the first time that I felt that I was able to be in prayer and that God was not accusing me, ju- judging me. Uh, I, f- I, I feel that, that that was my conversion, the first time that I understand that God was not a, ju- a, a judge but
0: a father for me. Okay. Now, as I understand it, we talked Friday, and I think Alex's plans are he'd like to get a Ph.D. one day and maybe be a a seminary professor or something like that. Now, um, I never wanted to be a pastor. I was going to be a veterinarian. But somewhere along the line, God switched me around. Did you always want to be a professor, or did you want to be a Cowboy or an astronaut, or how did tell us about your call to the ministry?
1: Okay, well, actually, all my life I I used to think that I will be like like a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I I I liked to to play guitar and to sing. Uh, I was in the worship band. Uh, so, I have experience in, in, in music, in worship, in leading the worship, in singing. In, in I have experience being in, in front of a public. Uh, so, my plan was to be like a rock star, a Christian rock star. But when I was in the music school, there uh, starts, uh, well, begins a um, Bible study group. So eventually I became the leader of that Bible study group and then I realized realized that my true passion was to teach the Bible and to study the Bible and to help others to understand what the Bible says so uh suddenly I was spending all my time not in music, but but in the Bible. So I realized that maybe music was not the, my calling, but but the Bible, something related with the Bible. Maybe teaching, maybe pastoring. I I, I didn't know, but just I I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know just that the Bible should be related with with my calling. So that was. The, the start, the the begins of, of my calling, and then while well, I study in the seminary, and I uh, feel more strong that calling to to serve in the ministry, to serve another people, to explain the the Bible and the truth. Uh, I I am better explaining Bible in Spanish than in English. <laughs> Thank you. So. That that was my calling. I think that someone has a Christian. Did you have any
2: association with uh, those down on the Yucatan, the the,
1: the seminary down there? Yes. San Pablo. San Pablo. Yes, I studied there in in the San Pablo seminary in the Yucatan Peninsula. Yes. Don
0: Waymire, you know Don?
1: I, I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Don was a missionary. He was out of Clear Lake president wasn't he? And then this church took him on in 82 as a missionary. Susan and I, we led the first mission team ever out of this church to the Yucatan and helped build a medical clinic there um, in uh, outside of Cancun. The main city, not the beaches,
1: and uh, <clears throat> so. You know. Someone else, okay. Yeah, I. I
0: don't know if you introduced it before we got in, uh, but I know you're going to uh, Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. Yes. And uh, uh, it's got a wonderful reputation, but uh, there's lots of seminaries in the U.S. Uh, could you tell me what uh, how you came to pick that seminary to to do your
1: your uh training in or, or getting your studies in? Yes, well uh, one of the, the most of the of my growing in faith became from the Puritans, from the writings of the Puritans because uh, I I learned how to read read in English and uh, well I read in English better than I speak in English <laughs> so well i i learned how to read in english so i and um, started to uh read puritans in english because in spanish we, we don't have a, a a lot of puritan uh, books but i started to read that in english and that was amazing for me there was a, a source of of growing of edification. so then i met this uh theologian named uh joel bekey who who is the uh president of the seminary there in in michigan grand rapids of the Pearson seminary so i started to to read the books of that theologian named joel bekey and uh the the books are amazing very spiritual very focused in the Bible, in the Christian life, in the experience, uh, biblical experience, uh, in the piety, godliness. And that was amazing for me because I was searching something solid, something strong to to have a strong faith. Because in Mexico, well, there's a lot of relativism. So in Mexico, there is a lot of shaking ground. Everything is not secure. Everything is just opinions, just the point of view of someone. But as, as a young man, I was in need of something solid. So I think that Puritans give me that solid faith to to groan in. So, well, that was part of the reason that I picked Puritan Seminary, and I feel I feel very, very happy to, to be there because yes, I, I feel uh, strong faith there. I, I feel very comfortable being there. Uh, I feel like everything that I do there is grounded in spri- scriptures. So that's a peace for me, for my conscience, knowing that everything that I do there is grounded, based in scriptures.
0: Also, tell us a little bit about your, about your wife, how you met, and your little
1: girl. Well, my, my former seminary, the, the first seminary where I was studying was in Mexico City, was the main seminary of the National Presbyterian Church of Mexico. And my wife was studying, studying there she was uh, studying music. So we met there uh, in the seminary when she was studying music and I was studying uh, theology. Uh, So we met there. Uh, I I didn't finish my studies there. I I changed my seminary, changed the seminary to the uh, San Pablo Seminary in Yucatan Peninsula. Uh, But I met my wife there and like, well, I married with with her uh, very, very fast, uh, like, well, I met her, and in a year we was married, so um, we moved to the Yucatan Peninsula, and there, we studied uh, the theology uh, program in in Yucatan for yeah for four years. There we have uh, our first um, our daughter, our only daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she she her, her name is Hocabet, but we call her Koki. She is really cute, really <laughs> nice, really smart. She's amazing. Uh, so, well, I am uh, a proud father. So, well, we, I, we are very happy right now to be there in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, in the seminary, in the community, in, in we, we are trying to, to have everyday family worship. We gather in the living room and we read the Bible, we sing together, we pray together, and that's uh, part of the, of the strongest things that we made to, to have a strong household in, There, in, with my family, with my daughter, with my wife. We are very happy to, to have this element in our family, in our spiritual life.
0: Alex, what course do you find most challenging at the seminary this past year that you were taking?
1: Challenging? Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe that uh, opened your eyes to things that you hadn't thought about before. Okay,
1: okay. Okay, well, maybe, yeah, the course about homiletics, that it's about how to preach, so, the curse of Hamletics for me was amazing, was uh, shocking, uh, because I understand a lot of things about the preaching, because well, in Mexico we don't have a lot of good preaching, in Mexico we have a lot of, I don't know, it's just like the, the preacher just stands in the pulpit and say whatever sounds spiritual. So just like here. <laughs> <laughs> but well in in the in the class homiletics how to preach uh, I learned not just that that the content the topic is not just it's not the only thing thing that matters. i think that is the most important thing the topic the the thing that we are going to speak about yes because we we need to speak about the truth the, the gospel the bible that that is true but i learned that also matters like i don't know how to explain but it's like the spirit in which you speak about that the passion and the experience that you share with the congregation. The this experience linked with the Bible. So, I, I learned also that preaching is not just a transfer of information from my mind to your mind or the mind of the church. But it's more like bringing people In front of god and making people to realize that god is speaking something through the bible through the through the preacher that was amazing for me it is the preacher is directed to the conscious conscience so well that was amazing concepts for me i think that that was the uh, most challenging class this semester.
0: Okay. Now, as I understand it, this is the first time you've been to San Antonio. Yes. And the Mission South Task Force has taken them to the San Antonio Museum of Art to see at a Latin American exhibit. They've gone to the Briscoe Western Museum. They ate lunch at Shiloh's on the river. Um, I think they're going to go out to the Mission Road Developmental Center this afternoon. They've seen the Alamo, and I was telling the some of the folks on the committee, I said, you know, I've never taken anybody from Mexico to the Alamo. I, I hadn't really thought how how they might view that. W- what's maybe been your favorite thing about San Antonio so far? I don't know.
1: Well, I liked a lot the, I don't know, I I don't know the name is the river, the sidewalk in the the river. I liked a lot. It's Uh beautiful. It's very nice. I think that we don't have that that kind of places in in Mexico. So that was.
0: uh, There's really not anything like that in the United States other than here. It's pretty unique.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
0: I don't know if they pointed out to you, I don't know if you saw this modern art thing down the middle.
1: Of the oh, yes. The red one?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a gift from the nation of Mexico oh. to the city of San Antonio.
1: Okay. Yes. In Mexico, we have a lot of things like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you point that out to him, Rick? That that was... <laughs> I hate to shut this down, but I've been told I need to get him to meet with the group that prays before the uh, Contemporary Service. So, Alex, thank you for sharing with us. Um, I'm going to be praying for him every day. I hope some of you will join enjoy me, enjoy me in doing that for him and his wife and their time at Puritan Seminary up in Grand Rapids. And we look forward to someday returning to First Press maybe as a professor, maybe preaching in the pulpit down there sometime. Um, let me pray for you. And in fact, uh, if you're an elder or a deacon or a pastor, let's come up and lay hands on Alex and just set him apart and pray for the Lord's continued anointing upon him and his remaining time at, up in Grand Rapids and in the future. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your servant, Alex. We pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, anoint his marriage uh, and his family. Um, keep them safe uh, and give them especially safe traveling mercies back to Grand Rapids tomorrow. And we pray that this next year would be a, a great year of him learning and uh, growing and his family growing in Christ. And we pray in in your perfect timing that you would open a door of ministry for him in Mexico where he would be instrumental in building up the body of Christ there and beyond uh, in the decades to come. Uh, Lord, thank you for the two other students that are with him this weekend, bless them as well. And we pray now as we go to the contemporary service that you pour through Mitchell, the gift of preaching there. And that they would have a, a, an eye opening time this afternoon uh, at the Mission Road Developmental Center. And we ask all of this in the strong and saving name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Alex, come with me and I'll get you where you need to be. Thank you. Okay. Can I say a
2: word
0: after you leave? about to Sure. Why don't you take that mic right there?
2: So I just wanted to let everybody know uh, Ron made a a reference to the Mission South Task Force. It's got a new name and I can't remember what the new name is. Uh, But we have seven students currently that are receiving scholarships to attend seminary. Most of them are in uh, Mexico. A couple, Alex's example, are here in the United States. Um, Each of those has a prayer partner from First Presbyterian Church and they have a mentor from First Presbyterian Church. Sometimes it's the same person, sometimes it's not. Uh, But if you would like to be involved, don't call me, call my wife. Uh, Kathy's been uh, in charge of this. It's especially useful if you speak Spanish, because some of the students, almost all the students speak some English. Uh, but occasionally we have a student that does not speak very much English, and of course it's easier to communicate if you yourself uh, speak Spanish. Please, if you'd like to help, uh, let my wife know. Uh, there are several people in the room who also are involved, and they can also give you to the, uh, get you to the right spot. So thank you all. Uh, they've been here since Thursday, and so we've had a good time. With that, I'm going to turn it to the man. For what? For what? closing prayer. I don't
1: know.
2: What do you guys do at the end? Father, we thank you because your grace is amazing and sufficient. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you work around this planet. You touch people's hearts. And we give you all the praise and glory. And Father, I pray that this church would be the instrument that you want us to be, do whatever you've ordained us to do, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.